We just finished the conversation with Simone Tapel, life coach and yoga teacher. She's living with us here at Charisma. And we talked about a lot of things. Specifically, we talked about her transition into, you know, her background from art and history into, you know, life coaching and yoga, how she managed to not just realize that the path she was taking was not the path for her and how she actually found the new path specifically, how yoga helped her with her mental health, dealing with depression. Uh, We also talked about how to find a job that fulfills you, how to unblock yourself specifically, and her coaching style, right? How she doesn't give advice, instead asks questions to really get to the root, helping people get to the root, uh, to get to those answers for themselves, something along those lines, correct me if I'm wrong. And yeah, I think if you are, you know, wanting to improve your mindset, your mental health, if you are on a journey to find your path in life or just wanting to really level up your game, you should definitely listen to this specific episode. I really, really enjoyed it and I hope you do as well. So thank you and enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome to episode number two. Uh, This one is a very special episode because here with us, we have someone who, you know, has gone through a big shift in her life and really found something that's really unique to herself, something that really comes from within, something also that she didn't expect at the very beginning. And so I'm very excited about this because charisma specifically is really about creating your dream life, finding your passion, your calling uh, in life. And so I think right here with us, we have someone who is a perfect representation of that. Generally, I generally believe it. Uh, It's someone who, apart from that, has also just been such a giving person from the very moment you came here. You've always just been so... Uh, committed to helping others out, you know, always very involved in, you know, all the different things that have been happening. Um, and in general, I think that applies also just to your general life. I think, you know, whether it is with your clients, uh, your life coaching clients, your yoga clients. Um, yeah, really, really excited to have you here. So I'm excited to be here. Amazing. So there's a lot of many things I would love to talk about, mm-hmm. right? But let's start with a quick, you know, introduction. Uh, I can maybe start and you fill in the gaps a little bit. Sure. Uh, you studied arts history. You want to start with my name first? Who are you again? <laughs> What's, what, what are you doing here? I'm Simone Topel. Simone Topel. Uh, half That's Swiss, me. half American, half Cuban? Yeah, three halves. Um, my parents are Cuban and I grew up between the U.S. and Switzerland, so I have a dual citizenship. Good for you. Citizen of the world. Wow. Yeah. That's great. And so you studied art history. I studied art history. And now you are a life coach, right? Helping women with, you know, what specifically? So helping women to 
essentially live a life that's authentic to them to get out of their own way to overcome self-doubt um so essentially they can live a fulfilling life and a yoga teacher and i'm a yoga teacher that was not the case for a long time so how did you go from that to that specifically so i got really into yoga when i was at uni i got really hooked on it and i just knew that for me it offered me a completely new way of looking at the world and looking at my problems my challenges and even just my mind it allowed me to take a step back and see myself as more than my thoughts and my experiences and i just wanted to learn more so i was studying art history i was studying anthropology and i knew i wanted to learn more about yoga so i went to india to do my first teacher training and i came back from that and it really sort of snowballed from there i started to I guess I mean it changed it changed who I was at the time. Were you looking for that change in the first place? I was actually before I did my teacher training I was actually depressed. And I, was I looking for the change? I just was I was looking for answers I guess, which is how a lot of people end up in the whole world of personal development. It's how a lot of people end up in yoga. And I found I found answers, I suppose. And when I first started teaching, I really hated getting up in front of people. I really hated um, any sort of public speaking. It made me feel really uncomfortable. But what made me sort of push through and continue to pursue this career anyway was because I knew it was so valuable. It had completely changed my life, and I just wanted to share that with other people. So the transition was really gradual. You know, I think any time you change careers, you've already committed a lot of time and energy. I did a master's in contemporary art theory, so I was really planning to stay in that you were world. You really committed, like really climbing up that mountain. That's what I thought I was going to do. But eventually sort of the pull of yoga and personal development kind of got stronger that I realized, you know, Yes, I had dedicated a lot of time and energy into building a career in the art world, but actually I had another passion and also other strengths and skills. And you always knew that from within. I guess so. It just took me a long time to accept that actually, you know. I mean, if you told, if you told me like 10 years ago that I would be a yoga teacher, I would, I would have thought, you know, that's absolutely crazy because it's just not something I saw people doing around me when I was growing up. It was just never a thought that crossed my mind. And to walk away from a sort of, I think what I was doing, and because I did a master's, is very academic. And to walk away from that to do something that was so seemingly, it's not really, but seemingly totally opposite, felt like, I don't know, I was doing something that was really against the grain. Um, but I, I mean, I kind of think of it as like the first person as well that I coached was myself when I realized I wasn't happy with my job, my life. And I thought, you know, if I could remove all of the preconceptions that I have around what's possible for me, what my life could look like, you know, what would it be just as a, an exercise? 
what might I do? What are my strengths? What do I really love doing? And I came up with yoga and coaching. How do you find that? Because I feel like, and you've touched on so many interesting things, mm -hmm. so many. I could ask four different questions here and go in so many different directions. Yeah. But I want to touch on one specifically because it's one that I've heard so many times, right? It's so much around, I've already climbed this mountain. Mm. It's not the mountain I love. Mm -hmm. You realize it halfway. But it's like, oh, I've already climbed so much. You know, I'm not going to back down. Yeah. In so many cases, people don't even realize that this is the mountain that they don't even want to climb. Mm -hmm. Whether it is through, you know, external influences that, you know, make you think that this is the path you need to take and your environment, whatever reasons go out there. But how can someone find... First of all, realize that the path that that person is currently taking is not the right one for that specific person. Mm. And two, how do you then find your specific path? Yeah. There needs to be something. What, what, the way I see it is you need to have some sort of. I think what often happens is, is something you need to feel bad enough or something bad enough needs to happen to make you recognize that your situation is really not working for you. Because you're so, everyone is so immersed in their experience. You know, like people just get on with things and you just like go through your life, you're following the path that you're on and then usually something will happen that will make you realize that something has to change, you know? Um, so you need to have that moment because otherwise you don't necessarily have the motivation, I think is often the case. Um, finding what does, I mean, for me, I think it was looking at a lot at my strengths and what I really enjoyed. And also then you have to take in all the practical considerations of, you know, how much risk are you willing to take? Um, you know, how much money do you want to make? Where do you want to live? Like all of these things, you the practical, and then you have what you actually really enjoy. And some people are going to care more about, you know, how much money they make or where they live or the stability. And some people are going to really just, for me, I knew that if I was getting up every single day, like work has always been something, career has always been something that's super important to me. And I knew I wasn't going to be happy if I was not doing something that I really loved. So for me, I was like, that's the most important thing. And I wanted to be able to live a lifestyle that I enjoy, to be able to travel, to do all of those things. And so I found just something that fit together for me. So you, you come up with what makes sense to you and then you prioritize like what's really most important, how do I, and also I think not limit yourself from the get-go around what you can and what you can't do. Just like entertain the idea, what if all of it is possible? And then figure out, you know, try to backtrack or like reverse engineer it. Instead of already put a limit on yourself and it's like, ah, yeah. this is not gonna be possible. I'm not that kind of person. There's exactly. no way that's gonna happen. Exactly. And I think that's, it's one, something, someone put this, more eloquently than I'm gonna say it now, but I really always remember now this idea that 
you can let like leave it to other people to say no to you don't say no to yourself so like if you really want something if you want a job opportunity or whatever it is and you're kind of not so sure if you can get it or if you're good enough for it you still need to put yourself out there if you're ever, if, if you want it you need to put yourself out there like let other people say no if you See, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna explain this well, but you explained it perfectly. If you want it, you gotta put yourself out there for Don't it. Don't let yourself be the barrier. Exactly. Like your own limits. Exactly. A hundred percent. And I love what you say because I feel like so many times people go about finding their path the other way around, right? You were very much focused on what's the destination, what kind of lifestyle do I want to have, what are my strengths my weaknesses yeah. right how do i want to live my life and then based on that you find the vehicle that will get you to do your destination yeah right if you know you want to have the freedom to live and work wherever you desire if you want to have autonomy over what you do then maybe being you know working at an uh at an ice cream shop is not the way because you're in one specific destination mm-hmm. You don't get to decide what you want to do, when you want to wake up, and all these different things. So automatically, you're like, okay, ice cream shop is not my thing, mm. right? And I feel like many times, the way people frame this is much more around, these are the options that are given to me. Most of the time, the options that they consider are the options that are given to them, as in like, you know, starting from university of, what do I want to study? Mm-hmm. AKA, what do I want to do with my life? She's already like, what the fuck? I mean, you're a clear example of, yeah. you can study arts and history mm. and do a 180 degree change, yeah. right? And I feel like many people try to put themselves in those specific buckets. Mm. And then they're like, but they're not, it's like, you know, the kids, they play with these, you know, they have to put these uh, figures into like, into these shapes into these specific things. Mm. And they are one of these shapes and they're trying to put them into one of these specific shapes, mm-hmm. but sometimes you don't. they don't fit. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh fuck! Like, do I want to be a doctor, a psychologist, an architect, a mm-hmm. business person? But there's so many things beyond that, beyond the menu of life yeah. that either is given to you at university or just you know by society, whatever you want to call it specifically, right? But then again. I would also say that a lot of people have a hard time making that shift because they're afraid. Yeah. They don't want to take risks. They don't want to fail, right? Mm. So what would you say to those people? I think that generally the degree of discomfort needs to be such that it's going to that person is going to feel like they need to make a change. You know, because you can't, you can't really, it needs to come from them. You can't convince people. You can, you know, you can see that they would be happier doing something else. You can see that they, they're not happy doing what they're doing, but it needs to, it's a big decision to switch gears. And if it's something you want to do, you feel like you're not ready, then I think you need to, go out there, research, really figure out like what your plan would be, what are the obstacles that you're going to face, talk to people who have done the thing, talk to people who are doing the, living the life that you want and just 
you know, you start to believe that it's possible for you too, I think, the more that you see that, you see to believe that it's possible for you as well. And it doesn't have to be like a from zero to one, no, right? 100%. I feel like that's what people yeah. often think. It's like, oh, if I want to now do this, it means I have to quit my job. Yeah. And it's like, chill. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of shades of gray in between, mm. right? Like you said, start talking to people. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself some questions. Start looking for answers to those specific questions. And it can literally start as one hour in the afternoon after work. Mm. Suddenly you were like, oh, like there's something here. Suddenly you put in the two hours after work, you know? And I don't know if we're talking here about a side hustle that can potentially, or just finding your thing and whatever that may be. But at some point you've dedicated enough time into this where you realize, okay, this actually has the potential to be something. Mm-hmm. If your thing is to be a YouTuber, it's not like you're going to quit your job and then the next day you're a YouTuber. Mm. You need to put in the work. It, it's a very gradual process to start a new path. Yeah. You have to ease into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it can be just super overwhelming if you feel like you need to be... Which is something actually I experienced as well and I see it in a lot of people is the feeling as soon as you start that you should be a lot further along. You yes. should be a lot more successful already. When re- like if you're being honest with yourself, you're new to something if you're a beginner. Things are not, you know, don't you shouldn't feel bad that you, you know, don't have as much work as someone who's been, you know, teaching for 5 years. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, but it can be really overwhelming especially when you get stuck in comparison and all of that. To feel like I should be a lot further along. And therefore, I'm failing, or I'm not good enough, or, you know, whatever the story is. And I think that sort of gets in the way of, of people taking action. And they think about their goal, and it's so big that it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's like, where the fuck do I even start? Yeah. You know, what do I do? Yeah. I like to think, I like to believe that that idea is the North Pole. Mm-hmm. It's the destination. If you have found that through your research, whatever that may be, you already have done a big part of the work. The question then is, how do you start? Especially if it's something big. Mm. And I think it's just any step in that direction is helpful. Totally. I think people usually can figure out what the actions are. It's not yeah, that, like s- you know, that's, that's the easier <clears throat> thing to do ultimately. It's just, you can get really stuck in your head around, oh, is this, you know, should I do this? Should I spend my time on this? Should I, you know, this is not going to be good enough. And then you don't do anything or you procrastinate or you, you know, you just sort of get so in your head when really the best thing you can do is to just do a little bit every single day or just you know just keep moving yourself forwards and I talk to people about this all the time that you know you just overwhelm yourself with such high expectations sometimes and you end up not doing anything and you're just stuck yeah I think it's like a good metaphor maybe like you're climbing a mountain Mm. right like the research phase may actually be getting to the base camp 
you know, instead of being like, oh, I need to get all the way there, you know, like, get to the fucking base camp first, mm. you know, and it will get steeper over time, but you can always back down at any moment, mm. right? And every step you take is a step closer there. And instead of thinking, oh, maybe over there, there's going to be like this cliff and I don't know if I'm, we're going to be able to climb it. Get to that cliff and figure it out for yourself. And once you get there, find the next answer to that specific question. So, you know, for example, with charisma, like this right now is a massive milestone. But it feels like it's a bicycle compared to the rocket that I want to build. Mm. Right. And this seemed maybe like a rocket or a Ferrari when I first started, which was doing retreats, you know, but it's every one of these things is a step forward. Each of these things, even though it may not be perfect, is helping you in some kind of way. Right. Oh, absolutely. But also sometimes, you know, the goalposts move and, or you change directions. And so you can 100%. be so obsessed with like 100%. this end goal, but actually once you start doing it, then yes. um, we talked about this before also, it's, you know, things change and maybe in a little bit of time, you're not going to want that. You know, yeah. Yeah. Anymore. You, you're going to pivot. Yeah. If you're not pivoting, it means you're probably extremely stubborn and lack self-awareness. Like, I feel like everyone has pivoted so many times. Most successful entrepreneurs, mm. 100%. And it's just, you know, you make that step, you climb that mountain, but maybe at some point you get to a certain height and you're like, actually, the mountain over there is way nicer. Yeah. You know, and it has like some nice flowers on the way and it's like yeah. oh it's so green and there's like a waterfall it's like oh i want to see that you know um i mean maybe that's human nature to then you know you change what you want or maybe it's just you have you have different awareness and different experience and with all of that then you start to see other possibilities for where you can go and what direction your work or even just your life can take and that's just i think that is human nature to constantly be evolving and constantly be shifting what you And the only way to get to perfection is through experience. I don't think there's a way to get to perfection. No, like, like improvement, yeah. For yeah, sure. there's always gonna be yeah. Like very simple thing. Right now, I hope that the angles of this video is a little bit better than the previous one. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. But had I not had that previous experience, yeah. I would have not figured out that ah actually this angle was not the best angle. Yeah. And maybe I realized that recording with half shadow, half light <laughs> is not the best way to go. Well, we'll find out. But we'll find out. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. And we'll figure it out. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. And I'd like to go a few steps back. I feel like we entered one door. Uh-huh. I feel like we have explored a lot about this door, unless there's something more where you're like, no, let's go. Mark, let's go to a different listen door. Listen to this because I have not said it yet, but <laughs> you're going to love it. There's none of that? No. Okay, cool. Okay. means we, we did a good job. But you talked about yoga before mm-hmm. and how it helped you deal with depression. Mm-hmm. How can yoga specifically, or maybe even you want to expand into mindfulness or whatever that yeah. other stuff may be there. Yeah. How specifically did it help you with that? It's a big question. I mean... You know, I don't like to ever say, I can only share my experience and I don't like to ever say, you know, yoga, you know, can cure depression or anything like that. But for me personally, I found 
I mean, when I was growing up, I had zero awareness of my mind, of mental health. Of, it was just not spoken about in my family and any, just anywhere. And I had a lot of anxiety, um, but I had no idea that that's what it was. So actually, the first, I read a book, which I always used to, haven't read it in a long time, but I used to always recommend it to people who had never done meditation before, called 10% Happier. Have you read it? No. No. So you're going to say, like, The Power of Now. Until that like, also. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Um, if you're new to this little whole, whole sort of thing. If not, then um, you probably have heard it before. But this, I mean, this particular book got me to try meditation and it got me to realize that actually I can watch my thoughts. I don't have to, they don't have to be going all the time and I can take a step back and I am not all of those things going on in my head. And I had a particular kind of anxiety where I was just like always worrying about what I had to do and I was like always coming up with lists and things in my head and it was just very tiring. And when I was able to do this, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like I can actually stop and I can be still and it was really quite blissful in a sense. It's like, okay, this is really interesting. I got more and more into yoga. And in yoga, obviously, like what brought me to yoga was the physical aspect of it. Like it was just really fun. I got really into rocket, for anyone who knows rocket yoga. And it's just like fast paced, like lots of inversions. It's just fun. And that's what brought me to it. But when you go to a yoga class, you're not just doing the physical practice. The teacher is always, you know, telling you, I think if they're a good teacher, they're talking a little bit more about you know, the bigger picture, how you're talking to yourself when you're practicing, how you're, you know, being hard on yourself or how you, just how you approach the practice, which is really a reflection of how you approach your life, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, all this stuff is really like, wow, this is really interesting. So obviously I went to, to um, what happened really was I left London. I was back home in Geneva after I graduated university. And I was really kind of lost and also quite felt just sep was having was having a lot of uh, tension. There was a lot of tension in my family and I was away from my friends because I was back back home. Um, so I was just really missing a sense of belonging, a sense of connection. So when I went to India, I knew that, oh, this was a long, was a long time ago, I'm trying to like bring it all back, but when I, went, when I went to India, I just sort of, I think what it gave me was a sense of the bigger picture and a feeling of connection to all beings and all people. And I think it's, very difficult to describe this but I think there was one a sense of being connected to something greater than myself and recognizing that all of us experience challenges and suffering and it allowed me to just be more compassionate with myself I just really what it comes down to is too is like the philosophy of yoga so you have 
the, as the basis, the yamas and niyamas. So yamas being, you're looking at me like, what is this? What the fuck is so, yama? <laughs> so the yamas are essentially um, ways of approaching the world and your life. So like they include, there are five of them. And now I'm gonna, now I'm on the spot. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna forget one. But nonviolence, being truthful, um, non-attachment. So just like ways of approaching yourself and the world around you. Um, and so I think those sort of foundations just help me to ground everything that's going on in my head. Yeah. I feel like the non-attachment one is such a big one specifically. Mm. Um, I wrote a, a blog post a year ago or something like that mm -hmm. uh, sharing my journey of dealing and overcoming anxiety mm -hmm. um, I developed like this anxiety that I've never been used to before like late 2020 maybe COVID whatever isolation yeah. called whatever mm -hmm. but I was suddenly you know worrying about the fact that I was worrying it was creating these loops that were creating a lot of self-doubt mm -hmm. And I remember like in just some very regular moments, just feeling like extremely anxious, not even being in the conversation and just going deeper and deeper into it. Cause I was thinking, why am I tripping? <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? You yeah. know? And then you're just like, not even focused on whatever is happening around you and you get, yeah, it gets dark, you know? Um, I even had like this one moment where I started my first job. Uh, it was all remote, middle of the pandemic, and I had to introduce myself in front of like the entire team. Mm -hmm. And already just the moments prior to it, I was just already like my heartbeat was just racing. I was like, oh my God. Like, and then suddenly it's like, okay, Marek, why don't you introduce yourself in front of everyone? And then I was like, I just had a smoothie and I had like this weird powder in it, which also like dried <laughs> up my entire throat. And suddenly like I was out of breath. And it was so embarrassing, so embarrassing. And I was like, ah, like, ah, blame me on the powder. And I was like, oh, my, sorry, my throat is like super. But it was, it was, yeah, I did not enjoy it. But I was like, and I had this mentality prior to that already. Whatever challenge comes my way, I'm going to do whatever I can to overcome it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I started doing. I started reading The Power of Now, Untethered Soul, started going really deep into meditation. And the biggest lesson I got from that was realizing that my thoughts are not me, mm. right? So many times we have these anxious thoughts and we automatically think, oh, I'm having those thoughts, therefore I'm an anxious person. Yeah. But anxiety sp serves a very specific purpose, especially, you know, uh, survival purpose. Mm -hmm. Just like anger, sadness, happiness yeah. serve a very specific purpose. Mm. But just because you're angry in a very specific moment, it doesn't make you an angry person, right? And the thing with anxiety is that it served a very specific purpose a long time ago, mm -hmm. right? If we were going through the jungle and suddenly behind the bushes we heard this noise, the person that freaked out because of that noise that they didn't even 
they just heard, they don't know what the hell is behind the bush. Yeah. The person that ran away was the person who was more likely to survive rather than the person who was just like, I don't care. And then suddenly this, you know, animal just, predator just eats you up and you're dead. The thing nowadays is that actual danger is no longer really imminent, right? But the thing is, our mind doesn't really know how to distinguish imagined danger mm. from actual danger. Yeah. And we live in a society nowadays where the constant media, the constant news, you know, like all the things that are being dramatized so that it ca catches our attention, you know, all the stress that we get from we have to get into this university and now we have to get into this job and like also living lives that are not really truthful to ourselves mm. there's like all these added pressures these imagined dangers right that we are surrounded with mm -hmm. that are just constantly you know creating these anxious thoughts yeah and at the same time we live in an era where we are we have never been more disconnected from our own bodies from ourselves to the point where suddenly like all these sparks of anxious thoughts turn into this yeah what is it spiral almost. into this spiral this deadly combo that many people don't know how to get out of yeah so the very first thing you have to realize is that first of all it's normal many people deal with this mm. more and more people so you're not alone and secondly, you are not your thoughts. Like this is a defense mechanism that you can change by disattaching yourself from those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And the way, the best way to disattach yourself from those thoughts is by jumping into the present. That's why the book, The Power of Now is called The Power of Now. Mm -hmm. Because the now is really your lifeline. If you're living in the past and you're living in which is also artificial, it's not real, mm. it's just well, it's some gone. thoughts, it's already gone. Yeah. And the future, which also is just in your head. When you step away from those and go back to the present, which is really, I repeat, your lifeline, that's where you evade those anxious thoughts, those thoughts that don't do you any good. And the way to really hammer that in and really step into that is through meditation, yoga, mm. sports. It's training your mind. Yeah. That's what, that's what it is. You know, it's not easy to just say to someone, well, just, you know, stop thinking about the past, stop worrying about the past, stop thinking about the future. They're going to, you know, they're going to find that very hard. But it really is training your mind through things like meditation or even just building up practices, things that you can do when you are in that sort of elevated state. Like, what can you do to take yourself out of it and ground yourself? Because, and then, then with time, you start to be able to sort of like switch on and off. You start to have the awareness where you recognize when you are really anxious and you can choose, okay, I'm going to do something different. Mm -hmm. And so... How does life coaching, your way of life coaching, combine with yoga, right? Is there, are these just two different things, two different projects you have in your life? Mm. Or are these intermingled in some kind of way? And if so, why? What's the, 
what's the benefit what's the purpose of that sure so for me i think there are two there are two complementary disciplines that help you to get to know yourself better to become more self-aware um but obviously that you know there are two different angles so I have in the past run workshops that sort of combine the two and it's something I'd like to do more of, but I would say in my daily sort of practice, they are still separate. So people generally come to yoga, especially anyone, I mean, anyone who's new, they're coming to yoga because they usually have some sort of physical motivation. They want to be more flexible or stronger or whatever it is. Um, and then obviously the way that you approach the practice can open them up to you know maybe being interested in personal development more broadly with coaching people tend to come to it because they really want to work on some aspect of their life and they're feeling really stuck so so far i think in my work people have you know come to it for different interests even though they can have similar benefits um for me you know i think they 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 complement each other well, but I think coaching is very much more, obviously it's more goal oriented. How do we you know, improve the quality of your life essentially? Whereas yoga is gonna be, how do you improve maybe the quality of your physical health, your mind? And isn't, yeah, if that makes sense. 100%. And so life coaching, I feel like it's, becoming a very broad term mm. life it life is. is broad broad yeah. very different diverse everyone is living life through a different lens uh-huh so what kind of how would you define your life coaching what do you focus on specifically mm-hmm. so i mean there are so many coaches out there now obviously like life coaching is it is super broad and i think i don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with keeping it broad because fundamentally the approach at least from my perspective is the same so the type of coaching that i've trained in is called ontological coaching which is you know fits under the umbrella of traditional icf um, coaching but it's looks specifically icf icf is the international coaching federation so it's kind of like the accrediting one of the main accrediting bodies so they outline sort of how um, coaches should be coaching um, but then again there are lots of different styles approaches that's just sort of the traditional model so with that we're looking at ontology being the study of being so how you're showing up in the world and we're looking at so the way that you're showing up right here right now is you're communicating through your body language, your emotions, your emotional state, and the language that you're using. So when you're coaching someone, or when I'm coaching someone, I'm looking really at the full picture of how they're showing up. Yes, the story that they're telling me, but also, you know, you can see little changes in people's body language that are clues to what's going on, like the deeper layers of what's going on in their story and their experience. So, that's just a little bit about the, I guess, the approach or the methodology. Um, but then 
more broadly, my focus has come to be a little bit more on women and challenges that women face specifically around things like self-doubt and I mean it's it is broader than that but I think from a very young age women are taught to be accommodating to be nice and polite and to put the needs of other people above their own and I'm generalizing here obviously but I started to see where it started to be something that really sort of fired me up and I realized this is something that I wanted to focus on because I think the world generally would be a better place if there were more women in positions of influence and I thought it I still think it's a shame when I see women sort of hold themselves back because they think that you know they're not good enough or they feel scared to really use their voice or to assert themselves and so that's something I'm really passionate about helping people through so helping them to identify you know areas in their life where they're feeling unfulfilled and then work through the mindset blocks that are keeping them from really taking action and then it's supporting people through or keeping them accountable so that they are taking action and moving in that direction mm -hmm. so it's a lot of you mentioned mindset but it's really all-encompassing it's kind of. all-encompassing but i think mindset is the root is the root mindset is you can't you know, I think I posted something about this the other day is you think one of the models that I use is called the OR model. So it stands for observer, action, result. So observer, like I talked about before, you are an observer of the world around you. And you have a very unique perspective on the world, which is shaped by your experiences, the culture that you grew up in. The culture you live in not just the culture of the country the city but also your family all of those things shape your perspective and that influences the actions you take on a daily basis and therefore the results that you're getting in your life and so you know sometimes you think you just need to change the action you just need to do something different but really you know as we said before the action piece is in many ways the easier piece and if you really just don't know what action to take you probably just need to see a consultant or you want to work with someone who's going to tell you what to do usually most of the time it's the mindset which is you know that's what's creating the reality you have right now and that's what you need to work on fundamentally if you're going to create longer term lasting change mm -hmm. And so the people that come to you, is it mainly to deal with self-doubt or what other examples? I mean, for example, it's, it's people who realize that they're stuck in the way, well, the way that their life is right now. So like I spoke to someone last week who's just feeling, actually both of them, feeling really unfulfilled at work, right? But feeling kind of like, one of them, she can't really, you know, speak to her boss about improving their situation, um, you know, feeling like if she makes a complaint or says something that she's going to be seen as sort of ungrateful. They're like all these like little dynamics, right? The, the, you have the foundation or the bigger picture, which is I'm not really feeling fulfilled at work. And then when you look into it in the deeper layers, it's well because, you know, they're not really feeling like they can use their voice or they're not really feeling like, you know, they can ask 
for more pay or like whatever, you know, whatever the details are. Don't mind that. Just so I can rebring the conversation. Cool. What was your question? <laughs> and so, how do you figure that out for them? Help them figure it out. Mm -hmm. right? I, I saw one of your last posts as well. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you don't, you don't give people advice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is what maybe people think a life coach does. Yeah. You should do this. Yeah. Oh, you're stuck? Try that. Yeah. Try that. Yeah. What do you do instead if you don't give advice? So the difference, I think what makes, and again, there are different approaches to coaching, but I think what makes at least traditionally coaching unique is that you are on equal playing field with your clients. I'm not... I'm not superior to my client. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to claim to know what they should do because they know their life better than anyone else. What my role is, is to help shine a light on their blind spots, to help them to identify patterns that are not serving them, whether it's in their thoughts or the behaviors. And so I help them to see the bigger picture. And usually when clients start to see the bigger picture, they start to identify a pattern that they've been, you know, stuck in for a long time and they're starting to see how it's really negatively affecting them. Then they start to say, okay, well, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. Maybe it used to serve a purpose for me, but I don't want to do that anymore. So we start with the, you know, their goal in mind and we sort of really define at the start of a coaching session. It's like, what do you want to walk away with from the end of the session? Like, what's going to help you the most? I'm not going to tell them what's going to help them the most. They're going to tell me. And then we're going to have a conversation where we really explore that. Like, what's really going on? What are, you know, what assumptions do they have about their situation? What are the beliefs that they have? And then through that conversation, you start to, a lot comes to the surface. So by the end, they tend to have new perspective on their challenge, on their situation. They start to see new possibilities for action. So, because you've shifted their observer, right? Now they have new actions available to them. And so at that point we define, okay, like what do you, how are you going to take these learning? What are the learnings and how are you going to take them into your life? What are, what's the next step? And again, I'm not telling them what they need to do. It's all through questions. Through questions, but also, you know, observations. I, I mean, it's, it's conversational, but sometimes, you know. And do, do they always know what they, what might be best for them? It's not my role to say whether it's best for them or not. It's for them to, you know, I'm there to help them see different perspectives, but they're the ones who are in, in the driver's seat. And if I see that somebody is, you know, just really not responding to the coaching or they have sort of like deeper challenges that actually would be better served by a therapist for example then i'm going to refer them to a therapist i'll have that conversation because that's not you know that goes beyond the terms of our relationship and so what is the difference between a coach and a therapist so i'm not trained coaches are not trained or it's not their role to diagnose or treat mental health issues right and as well, coach is much more goal-oriented. It's more Coaching around more. personal development. 
personal development, but also, you know, you go to a coach because you want to do something, you want to achieve something, you want to get unstuck, there's something you want to do. And you can have that with a therapist as well, but at least in my experience of therapy, it's never been, um, it's been very slow, and I've never felt like I'm really, um, I don't want to say, I mean, I've had a few therapists, but I never felt like I was really moving at a pace or in the direction that I really wanted. Did you feel like they were just more pointing at the problem? Yeah. Instead of, what do we do about this problem? Again, my, that, was, that was my experience. Um, it was a lot of just sort of digging into the past, spending a lot of time in the past, and then not feeling like I had much of a resolution. I'd be like, okay, that's cool. That's interesting that this thing that happened to me when I was five is now, you know, playing out in my life now. Yeah, okay, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, no, we're all fucked. But no, from I mean, with coaching, because we only really go into the past insofar as it affects the present. So we do, you can have similar conversations in a therapist room to a coaching room, but with a coach, you know, they're only going to ask you questions. At least I'm only going to ask people questions about their past and so far as it affects their current situation. Um, and if somebody says to me, you know, I don't really want to go there. I don't want to talk about that. I'm like, okay, cool. Next, like move on to the next thing. So the dynamic is just, it's different. Mm -hmm. I want to, we are reaching the end of the conversation. I want to ask you two last questions. First of all, I know advice is not what you do, uh -huh. right? But based on the clients you've had, the learnings you've had as a life coach, yoga teacher, what's one big tip or piece of advice you'd like to share with others that could be valuable for them? Can be anything, really anything. Mm. Maybe there's one specific thing that you've learned that really has dramatically improved the quality of your life um yeah so i think it would be that most things are not fixed most things are changeable whether you know you can you can have behaved a certain way for a very long time and you know that's not just the way that you are you are capable of change you're capable of more usually than you think you are and if you have that mindset if you can just allow yourself to consider the possibility that something different is possible for you you are going to just open up a whole other level of possibilities for your life I'm just now reading this book called Mindset. It talks about how there's two different kinds of mindsets. The growth mindset and the fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. Fixed mindset people are like, this is who I am. Yeah. These are the problems I have. Yeah. So they're coming from a place more, more like defensive place. As in, like, my strengths, like, really kind of defending them and making sure that people... Um, notice that don't notice the weaknesses that they have mm -hmm. right they really downplay their weaknesses and they up level their strengths yeah. and often they're like have a 
distorted perception of reality because they, you know, and they really want to make sure that that identity that they have of themselves is really the one that people also perceive mm -hmm. of them. Um, whereas the growth mindset people have much more, you know, much more self-awareness. They know that they're not perfect, that there's room for improvement, but that if they decide to make a change in their life, they're going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and the fixed mindset people sometimes won't even go into starting a business or, you know, taking the leap, taking the risk, which, you know, is one of the big things we talked about earlier. It's like, why do people have a hard time doing that? And maybe they're afraid that if they fail, the reality that they have created of themselves is going to just crumble apart. Like, oh, I'm not the person I thought I was. Well, it's the attachment to your identity and like who you think you are. A hundred percent. Very, very interesting. And so the last question is, are you ready? I'm ready. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm joking. So you've been now almost a month now here at Charisma. Mm. What's been one of your highlights? What's maybe a specific story, you know, that has really stood out from you or... What's the biggest value you've gotten uh, from just staying here uh, with us? Yeah. It's gone by very fast, I have to say. And I think it's just because almost every day there's something new going on. Um, I've been very warmly welcomed into the charisma and wider community. And I, you know, it's, it's, Trying to think of one particular instance, but honestly, every time we have some sort of event or gathering, I've just been meeting really amazing, um, like-minded people, which is 100%, I think, been the highlight of my experience. And it's what really led me to want to spend more time in Barcelona. So I arrived not planning to, to necessarily be here for very long, but I've decided that I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay a little bit longer and we'll see how it goes. And what about like business-wise? You know, has meeting all these different people helped your business, the route you want to take for yourself in mm -hmm. any way specifically? So I really value that everybody in the house has, I mean, they all come from different backgrounds, all have different types of businesses, and everyone is very willing to support and, you know, offer support in any way that they can. And I really appreciate that, but I also really value just being surrounded by other people who are really driven and really excited about what they're doing, and that just... Even, I mean, it's just energetically, it's, it's a really positive influence, I think, and just gives me inspiration to do my own thing and to just keep working on, on growing when I'm growing. So I, that's something I knew I wanted coming here, and I definitely have not been disappointed. Thank you. I think that's, that's all for today. Where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at Simone Topel. 
And on my website, simonetopel.com. S-I-M-O-N-E-T-O-P-E-L. Is that right? Yes. Cool. That's me. Instagram and also the website, right? My Simone website, Topel. same thing, simonetopel.com. Okay. And they can book a discovery call with you or? Yeah, you can book a discovery call with me um, if you go. You'll find it on my coaching page if you click on work with me. a nice page, by the way. Thank you. It's really nice. Thanks. Put a lot of time into that. It was on me. Um, yeah, you can book a discovery call with me if you just want to chat and learn more about coaching and see if we're a good fit. No pressure. Highly recommend. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it.